So today I wanted to talk about the difference between collecting board games and playing board games and, and the kind of challenges that that throws up. And I really want to keep it mostly focused on my own experiences because I think that everybody has a very different experience with their board game collection and how they buy games and how they play games. But before I go into that in more depth, I just wanted to uh, speak quickly about Essen 2021. Um, that's wrapped up now, but I think it was really great for me to see people enjoying Essen and, and watching the coverage. I wasn't attending, uh, you know, hope to attend someday in the future. But, you know, it was really great just to see people kind of enjoying the celebration of board games, which is uh, the hobby that we all love and enjoy. And, you know, I think that's really, really positive. And it is challenging. And I think people were being very, um, you know, responsible from what I could see in the footage, uh, uh, you know, in terms of safety and that during during COVID times. But putting that aside, I think it was just really positive to see people celebrating games and, and enjoying them. And I think segueing back into the topic of today, at any event, any board game event, especially large events like um, Essen, you will see the inevitable board game hall photos. So, you know, people taking pictures of usually quite a big number of games that they've picked up at, um, at these kind of trade uh, shows or, or board game events. And um, I remember when I first saw these kind of photos, uh, I was always a little bit shocked because it seemed that some people could pick up in, in, in one outing uh, a number of games that was more than my uh, board game collection in size. Um, so I used to maintain a board game collection of around 30 games. Uh, it's now at about 50, was at a high of just under 70 uh, a month or so ago. But, you know, people could easily pick up, you know, 20, 30 games. And uh, that always was, was kind of shocking to me. Um, just from a kind of, uh, you know, wondering about you know how are they going to play these games and also how, how might they afford to to drop that much money in one go but as i got more experience and i chatted to more you know friends on twitter about their experiences with events and buying games in this way i realized that for a lot of people this is kind of an annual or a biannual sort of event you know they save up money they really you know plan these events very carefully and, it, and it's all part of the experience you know the joy of buying all these games that they've built up this excitement for over the year and um you know, kind of just saving up that money, even in some cases, to to enjoy that experience. And I think that's that's great. If that's something you can do and you can afford, and it brings you that pleasure, then that that's really positive. And I don't want to, uh, you know, diminish anybody's enjoyment of that. And um, you know, I actually think there is uh, an interesting logic to it because for for many other people in the hobby, myself included, who buy games uh, on a kind of more frequent basis, on a monthly basis, or whatever. Um, there's kind of a little bit more stress, I think, because you're always trying to plan, uh, research, understand, you know, which game should I get? This game's coming out. Should I get this? Should I not get this? And there does seem to be kind of some uh, logic to just kind of focusing, you know, on a, on a long weekend, once or twice a year. That's when you buy your games and then you don't really think about it the rest of the year. Um, although I do uh, know that some people buy games at conferences in large quantities and then throughout the rest of the year as well. And that's cool, too, if that's that's, you know, works for you. But I do see the logic of just kind of focusing on a, a few events a year, and that's when you do your board game purchases. And you know, a lot easier to kind of make those decisions in person as well. Um, and you know, through that prism, I just started thinking more about my own board game collection. As I said, you know, it's gone through a little bit of a change in the past couple of years through uh, COVID. I, I mentioned that in my first podcast when I talked about board game collection bloat. And you know, to recap very quickly. I think for a lot of people, they would have been going to board game cafes or playing with friends where they could experience different new games. But during COVID with lockdowns and social distancing, 
that's been a lot harder. So, you know, a lot of times you've had to buy games to be able to experience them yourself. Um, you know, I know from my own experience when I was part of an active board gaming club here in London, previous to COVID, uh, I had a much diminished appetite for buying my own games because I could play literally uh, all the new releases, uh, you know, uh, at uh, this board gaming club. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years uh, and, you know, my collection has grown and I've exited quite a few games, called quite a few games, but I've also bought a few a few more games more recently as well. Um, and that just got me thinking about, you know, what happens to these games when I buy them and bring them into my collection? You know, um, where do they sit? Why am I buying these games? What, what's the driver? And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, buying games or collecting games versus playing them. Because I think for me, at least personally, right now, my collection feels that it's more geared towards uh, collecting games rather than playing them. And I think, you know, when I when I first started off as a board game minimalist, I always thought to myself, like, wow, you know, only more than 10 board games seems, you know, crazy. How do you how do you ever play more than, you know, that many board games? But, you know, a lot of people do play a lot of board games. I, I know that as well, that people with much bigger collections of mind in the, in the hundreds get through, you know, hundreds of games a year because they play, you know, 20, 30 games a month. And um, that's just never been a, a volume or, or of games uh, of gaming that I've been able to attain. So that doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, for other people, it does definitely make sense. So again, keeping it just focused on my own experience and my own sort of uh, personal collection here, uh, you know, I do feel that my collection still is in that sort of um, collecting uh, status rather than being in a, in a game gaming sort of ready status. So I think I would like to try and push and, you know, reduce my collection size a little bit more, even though uh, I have uh, bought some new games recently. And I think, you know, one of the biggest drivers of buying new games for me historically through, through you know, my experience in the board gaming hobby is the fear of missing out. You know, I think a lot of people will be very, very familiar with this. It was such a strange experience for me to come into board gaming at first and, and, and see that, you know, games would come into stock and then very quickly be sold out and they wouldn't be available maybe till you know a year two three years later even even if they're well selling games um and that was something i hadn't really experienced before you know with video games where you could buy you know digital copies of games uh, you know on an infinite basis even physical copy of games would very rarely sell out for more than you know a few weeks or or a month or so so that fear of missing out is a real real issue and more recently i bought a few secondhand games that i've been sort of holding on my wish list for years you know there's games that i've i've looked at you know two three years ago and said oh i really like to pick that up at some point and maybe i just wasn't happy with the availability or i wasn't happy with the price points that i was seeing out there but um then you know kind of like a a, a sort of a, a cat a big cat you know stalking in the shadows when i saw some of these games available um i, I pounced because you know the price was right and the availability was right and um that means that in some ways, you're, you're kind of almost performing this board game arbitrage. You know, you're buying games at a point where you think that the cost on the availability will be superior uh, to what they might be in the future. So, you know, either the, you're getting a good deal on a pre-owned game now or you're getting a game while it's available. And, you know, in a few months time or, you know, a year's time, it might not be. And you might have to pay through the nose in the secondary market or you might just have to wait. Uh, and maybe that's not such a bad thing, you know, the thing you, you can go one level deeper and really understand, like, is it such a big deal that, you know, a game that you wanted goes out of stock? Because surely there are many, many other games that you can pick up because there's always more games, right? So 
I think that's some of the thinking that I I had, and I think when you look at your board game collection truly through the prism of you know playing the games that you have, what does that mean? Um, it, it starts to become you know apparent, at least to me, that you know there is a challenge with having a larger number of games because you you make it more and more difficult for yourself to actually play through those games. So you know there's an irony there you know you're sort of trying to get the pleasure of owning these new games but you're actually potentially making your life more difficult because you're not getting the pleasure of playing through as many of these games and um you know i think for somebody like myself who's always had kind of minimalist tendencies and not really taken much joy from owning a huge quantity of, of possessions be that you know clothing or technology or you know uh, what have you um there is a kind of a, a push and pull there, you know, sort of a, a bitter and a sweet dimension to that. And, um, you know, I think one of the other things, besides fear of missing out, that kind of plays in here is the kind of difficulty of of learning a board game, but also getting it played, you know. So uh, it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just uh, learning the game, which has its own challenges. It's also teaching the game. And it's also actually finding the time to play, especially if you're in a position where, you're looking to play with, you know, a family member or a spouse, a partner, um, who might not be as into board games as you are. Um, so those are all kind of real challenges. And I think, I, I, you know, I'm not there yet, but I do want to try and understand in the coming weeks where can I get my collection to a level that I'm going to feel happy with it, and I'm going to feel like I'm satisfied with this level of games in my collection. Um, and I think, you know, the, the the other dimension to this is being somebody who's quite involved in, you know, uh, the board game hobby conversation. You know, I spend a lot of time on Twitter interacting with people, talking about board games, et cetera, et cetera. You, you're constantly bombarded with new board game news. So then you end up exploring and seeking out these new games and trying to understand what different elements they bring to the table. So you're sort of, um, you know, kind of uh, somebody who's trying to cut down on sweets, spending your days, uh, you know, looking uh, on the shelves of a sweet shop, you know, so that doesn't necessarily help with that aspect of controlling how many games that you might want to bring into your collection. I, you know, I don't know if there's any kind of clear conclusion around this at this stage. I guess I just wanted to sort of express my my thoughts about it. And I think if I can summarize, you know, this is a deeply, I think, personal and circumstantial uh, issue and topic. You know, if you're in a position where you have the space, the money and the time and the group to play multiple multiple games then i think it makes perfect sense for you to uh you know buy at a frequency that you uh feel comfortable with you know maybe that's multiple games uh, a month uh, that you're bringing into your collection and expanding that collection to you know the hundreds and hundreds of games if you're somebody that doesn't have the time doesn't have the group then i think uh unless you genuinely do take joy from you know collecting games seeing them lined up on a shelf and just enjoying you know them as you would you know an object or, or you know uh, of art you know or or what have you then i think it is challenging and you know for somebody that that's somebody um that's something you know i would look at for myself you know i think i sit in that kind of category you know i have limited space i have limited time and so you know what is the collection size that's going to really work for me and what is this you know board game buying habits that are going to work for me um i do know that in this past year i did go for 
some periods of time of not buying any board games. So I think I went through three, four months where I did not buy a single board game, which was quite a long period of time. But then it's very easy in the space of just a few days to buy, you know, four or five games and and, and massively sort of uh, alter that behavior. And I think also once you've bought the first game, you kind of break the seal and it feels easier to buy, you know, more and more games and, and get those into the collection. So, you know, I, I think I'll try and keep you guys updated as the weeks and months progress, you know, where's my collection got to? Where will it be at a point where I'm happy with it? You know, the other dimension to factor in here is I definitely know that as I've matured in my understanding of board games, I've gotten a better and better idea of which games I enjoy and which games I don't enjoy as much. I think, you know, one one recent example is kind of lighter games is something uh, of an interesting area for me because I've always been drawn to that notion of like, yeah, you know, get a nice, light, crunchy filler game and you'll really enjoy that. And that's a great game because it's probably cheaper and it takes up less space. It's probably a smaller box and it will take less time to teach and less time to play. Um, but then, you know, you end up making those investments of cash and, and time maybe for a less satisfying gaming experience. Uh, I did write a blog post last year around big box games versus small box games. And I think I touched on this a little bit uh, where, you know, um, having a big box game might, you know, ironically be better for maintaining a minimalist collection because, you know, you don't necessarily need as many games because uh, you get a, a deeper uh, and more enriching gaming experience. Whereas with a, a lighter game, you might want to have more games in your collection because, you know, it's sort of just a snack in terms of gaming experience. Whereas, uh, you know, a heavier game is a bigger, more satisfying meal. So these are all the different drivers that I'm, I'm trying to kind of think about and manage in my mind. Um, you know, how do I look at board games? How do I manage them? How do I bring them into my collection? How do I get them played? And I do think, you know, as I said, my kind of underlying minimalist tendencies, my, my sort of uh, ambition to strive towards minimalism in other areas of my life uh, means that I'll always be tending towards reducing that board game collection and pruning it and refining it down to a number of games and a uh, collection of games that I think is going to suit me the best. Um, will it ever get down to, you know, that kind of mythical number of 10 games? I'm not sure. Um, I do think in one of these upcoming podcasts, I will put together a list of kind of my theoretical, you know, 10 game collection, uh, which I think will be an interesting one to do. But I, um, you know, I think I'll, I'll leave it there. I hope this hasn't been too kind of rambling and too sort of uh, unfocused. Uh, it's a little bit of, um, you know, a, a difficult topic, I think, to t speak about in some cases, because it does cause some consternation uh, and some confusion. But um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your views around your own board game buying habits and, and your collection if you feel happy with it or if you'd like to sort of see it change in any way and um, you know feel free to hit me up on twitter at game minimalist and uh, till next time enjoy gaming and uh, take care